Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. My co-host is my good friend, Gil Martin. In addition to this show, I host Cheese and Packers, and Gil is the host of Locked On NHL, and he writes for the Packers Post and Cheese Ed TV. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Well, Gil, it is the return of Mike McCarthy, to Lambeau, uh, I think that it's going to be a special moment. Um, there is some talk about that some fans are planning to boo him. I really hope that doesn't happen. Mike is a good guy, uh, gave us a bunch of really good years. If you are listening to this podcast and you're going to this game, do not boo Mike McCarthy. That is so low. Like, just come on, just be classy. He's a good guy. We love him. <laughs> He's classy. I, I, he, he's classy. He handled his exit as ugly as it was. He handled his exit from Green Bay with class. And even Aaron Rodgers said he wants to give the guy a great big hug. And it was Rodgers who was allegedly having issues with McCarthy before he departed more than anybody else. So uh, to me, the argument I've heard people make is that, well, you know, he went to Dallas and they're the enemy. Good, grow up. Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. Hey, I'm not saying root for the guy this week or, or any time, but respect what he accomplished for this franchise. He won a Super Bowl. He, he got them to what was it, eight straight playoff years. And he is the second winningest coach in the history of this franchise, only behind Curly Lambeau, who was what? The coach and, uh, you know, owner of this or – you know, running this team for like 40 years almost. So yeah, yep. or 30. So, you know, give credit where credit is due. He's a class act. He won here. He, he The ending wasn't pretty, but every coach has their shelf life. To me, Mike McCarthy deserves a warm, appreciative reception when he returns to Lambeau Field on Sunday. And then as soon as the game starts, you can root against him just like he's any other head coach, but well said, well said, uh, <clears throat> as much as I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, Mike McCarthy, I'm not looking forward to seeing the Dallas Cowboys, a team that I despise <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm not super looking forward to watching the green Bay Packers either with the way they've been playing. Um, we don't need to talk about what happened in Detroit. Uh, because we talked about that enough last week, previewing that disaster of a game, and, and then we had to sit through the game. So I'm done with that. Turning our attention to what kind of a matchup we have here in the Dallas Cowboys, I will say this one thing: if you um try to put together a game plan to defeat Dallas, all right, they are uh one of the best passing defenses. In the NFL, <clears throat> they are uh, first and third 
in the league in um, coverage and pass rush. Uh, yep, number one in pass rush grade, number three in coverage grade, number 28 run defense grade. There you go. That's your key to winning the game. Run the ball or die. It is as simple as that. Yeah, the problem is we have a quarterback and a coach who do not stick to that philosophy very often and very consistently when even they start to do that. And if we fall behind early, they'll get away from it even faster. So, we you also know. Have a, we also have a banged up Aaron Jones right now. He's we have a banged up Aaron Jones. We have Kylan Hill one game removed from being out for a year. And, it, you know, it, it, it's just not looking. Uh, unfortunately, the strengths of the Dallas Cowboys line up very well with the weaknesses of the Green Bay Packers right now when I look at this matchup. Yeah, that, that probably is quite accurate. Let's <clears throat> let's touch on the uh, injury report off the bat here because um, I think that there's a lot to consider here when you're trying to think about the game plan. Yeah. Uh, David Bakhtiari upgraded to limited from DNP. Uh, let's see. Who's the other guy? We had uh, a couple guys who were upgraded. Uh, Shmarjean Charles upgraded to limited. Elton Jenkins upgraded to limited. So you might be getting Elton and Bakhtiari back both for this game. Uh, of course, we don't have Rashawn Gary at all anymore. He is on IR. That's the end of his season uh, with a torn ACL. Very, very sad. The other guy who was upgraded to limited was Aaron Rodgers. He did not practice on Wednesday, did practice on Thursday. That right thumb is still continuing to bother him. Um, <clears throat> the Packers have a very tough three-game stretch here coming up. They got the Dallas Cowboys, who are a very tough team right now. And then you have a very short uh, week where you have to play the Titans on Thursday night. And the I think, aren't the Titans coming off a bye? The Cowboys are coming off a bye. No, they're not. They played uh, they played Chicago last week. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, but, you, uh, you also left off another guy who was upgraded. Very critical player, Sammy Watkins. <laughs> he went yeah. from did not practice to limited. And okay. Christian Watson is off the injury list. Well, the, so the Christian Watson thing was was nonsense because he was in concussion protocol despite not suffering any sort of a head injury at all. He was hit right. in the shoulder. Matt LaFleur said they still had to put him in concussion protocol for no reason at all. He was a full participant, and then on Thursday, uh, he was again a full participant, and they were able to take him off of the injury report entirely. So good for Christian Watson because uh, the dude – uh, needs to catch a break here on the injury front. And since he's already uh, has suffered uh, this uh, a concussion a couple weeks ago, the last thing that he needs is another concussion. No question about that. And you also, when you look at how thin the Packers are at wide receiver right now, they need him to be active and, and productive if they're going to have any chance of winning this game. The Cowboys are pretty healthy. Uh, Anthony Barr is not practicing right now. Uh, tight end Jake Ferguson is not practicing. Uh, he's got an illness. And that's basically it. Safety Donovan Wilson limited. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is probably the biggest thing to consider here because um, he did not have a good game against the Lions. Um, he had to exit early. 
and now he's been uh, limited uh, all week with a knee injury. If he can't go, I would argue maybe that's bad news for the Packers because I think Tony Pollard is a better yeah. running back than Ezekiel Elliott. So I kind of would rather have Zeke out there than than Tony. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh man, this this uh this Cowboys team, I don't think that they are as good as they were last year, but but the whole rest of the NFL has gotten worse, in particular the Packers, but the whole NFL has gotten worse. And so while I think this Cowboys team is not as dominant as last year's Cowboys team was, I think that they are maybe further separated from the majority of the teams that they are facing this year uh, than they were last year. They're, they're getting good production. Kind of hasn't mattered who was under center for them. Of course, Dak Prescott is back. He's playing decent football. Um, uh, no question that, that the most dynamite guy on offense for them is Tony Pollard. And it's, it, it this is, has felt like a silly pride thing to me for a couple of years now, uh, ever since they gave Zeke that mammoth contract that cost them Amari Cooper. Uh, they have, you know, since they're paying him all this money that they, in, on this contract, they can't get out of, they have had to use him like a running back that is getting paid that much, despite the fact that he really is not putting that out on the field. And therefore, I think Tony Pollard has been squandered, but he is uh, one of the highest graded running backs in the NFL. He's got a 90.1 grade so far. Uh, he's got a 90.8 rushing grade. Not a bad receiver either. I remember back when they were uh, debating in, in 2019 uh, whether he was – uh, whether Zeke was going to get paid or not. I remember thinking like, man, I don't know. I feel like you got something in, in this rookie, Tony Pollard. Why don't you just run with him? I I, I think that uh, they probably could have been a much more dominant team over the last few years had they saved that cap space they've spent on Zeke um, and just rolled with Tony. No question about that. Here's the only advantage, and it's it's a poor value for your buck because they paid Ezekiel Elliott so much. But having Ezekiel Elliott carry right now about, what, a little bit more even than Tony Pollard, uh, you're keeping Tony Pollard fresh, uh, not letting him get worn down. But that's not worth even close to the money that Ezekiel Elliott is getting paid right now. He's rather average as a running back this season. And yet, uh, I just doubt the Packers can stop Elliott, let alone Pollard. Yeah, very true. Their their rushing attack is in uh, pretty darn good uh, this year. Overall, their passing attack really has not been anything super impressive. Uh, they rank in the bottom half um, in terms of passing yards. And it kind of makes sense when you look at the weapons they're throwing to. You still got C.D. Lamb there. Um, uh, he's your number one wide receiver. Uh, and then Michael Gallup is your number two. Then they got rookie Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. Uh, he has been a, a pretty major factor in their offense so far. And then tight end Dalton Schultz is is the fourth guy uh, getting thrown to. And you know they've they have uh, kind of gone through this QB carousel that I think didn't really hurt their record, but I think has hurt their numbers a little bit. Right. Uh, so having Dak Prescott out there now, I think they are a, a better team than they were. 
the offensive line is not what it was. It, it kind of has eroded more and more uh, every single year, but <clears throat> you do still have um, uh, Zach Martin out there. And then rookie Tyler Smith, who was a guy I really liked in this draft class. He is their starting left tackle and he's doing a, a pretty decent job. Yeah. Um, for, for a rookie, I think you're not mad at that at all. The one weakness on the offensive line to consider trying to exploit uh, with whoever you have <laughs> along the Packers defensive line, Kenny Clark, I guess Connor McGovern at left guard. Um, <clears throat> definitely uh, underwhelming uh, at best. He has only coughed up one sack so far on 270 snaps played, but he grades out pretty horribly. Um, and he has allowed nine pressures and two hits on those 270 uh, snaps that he's played. He's, he's the one weak link on this offensive line. So if you can um, really attack McGovern, <clears throat> get through with your defensive, uh, your interior defenders, uh, maybe, maybe bring in um, a linebacker on a blitz. If you can spare him or, or a safety, that could be a method to get pressure on Dak. Problem being though, from a practical standpoint, we don't know if Devondre Campbell will be available. We don't know if Chris Barnes will be available. Uh, so you're talking you about like an Isaiah McDuffie hater. Come on, man. No, no, no. I like McDuffie. You're talking about Quay Walker and Isaiah McDuffie. Uh, you know, I mean, Rashawn Gary struggles to hold contain against the run. He's not there, but I don't know whether or not Kingsley and Egbare will be any better at this point as a rookie. So right. it, it, it's just the Packer run defense struggles when they're healthy and they're not healthy. And that frightens me. Right. Yeah. Those, the, um, if you're looking at the the guys holding down the middle of the field, the the safeties and the linebackers, it's been bleak this season. Definitely the weak spot on the defense. So without Devondre out there, who has been struggling himself, Quay Walker, um, I think really has been turning things around and playing a lot better over the last few weeks. Um, and he's expected to uh, be wearing the mic again this week, I believe. Uh, but he's got a 50.4 overall grade. And then Chris Barnes, really uh, has kind of been bottoming out <laughs> these last two years. Uh, so far in 2022, he's got a 29 PFF grade, um, and he's kind of excelling at, at nothing at all. So that's a little bit bleak uh, if you're, you're thinking he might be the upgrade over Isaiah McDuffie out there. Now, we got to talk about the savage wrinkle, okay? We brought in... Jonathan Abram yes from the Raiders um, as a uh, potentially a uh, free safety I think that he might be a better fit at strong safety but I don't think he's going to be a good fit anywhere but here's the thing he's not going to be a downgrade from Darnell Savage and Joe Barry made a lot of noise over this past week talking about well I think that Darnell Savage would be an elite slot corner but we can't play him there because we don't have another safety well joe put your money where your mouth is we got a guy who can go out there and play safety now i mean we already had rudy ford but right. now we got jonathan abram and you know you can say whatever you want about 
<clears throat> that he doesn't know the playbook. I'm not sure Darnell Savage knows the playbook. <laughs> well, Do you actually think that Savage is going to be a good slot corner. I'll tell you who's not a good slot corner is Rasul Douglas. Put Rasul no. on the outside because we're going to be missing Eric Stokes this week. Put Rasul outside. Put Darnell Savage in the slot since you think, Joe, that Darnell can be an incredible slot corner and put Jonathan Abram out there at safety. It's not going to be a downgrade at safety. I can promise you that because it can't go any further south than it is right now. Well, the problem is the problem is that Abram's cover grade is, I think, lower than Savage's. Again, I I just. (laughs) Savage has a 44. All right. If you're going to go lower than 44. Oh, well, a 44 isn't cutting it anyways. So. <laughs> you you can get worse, and I don't think that the production on the field is going to get worse because because if if you throw at Savage, it's going to be completed no matter what, and he can't tackle. So what what worse could possibly happen by putting a worse safety over there? Seriously. Well, he, he, I agree with you to a large extent, but here's the other thing, and and I'm going to say this before the game, and let's see how this plays out. There is a huge gap on the Dallas Cowboys offense between C.D. Lamb and any of their other wide receivers. Yes. They go to Lamb all the time. He has 42 catches. The next highest player on the team has 25. And Lamb plays out of the slot. And Lamb plays out of the slot. I want Jair Jair on C.D. Lamb. Not all the time, but 75, 80% of the time. Take away their best receiver and then – Worry about, you know, Rasul Douglas on the outside, I think, works. Whether you go with, uh, you know, do you have to align Keyshawn Nixon up on the outside then? Or, I I mean. I I will tell you this. We have plenty of guys on this defense who can play slot corner. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon is much better on the inside than he is on the outside. Yes. We kind of have the only freaking guy on the roster who is worse inside than outside playing slot corner right now. Rasul is a terrible slot corner. He is really decent on the outside, on the boundary. We have him playing the slot, and he's kind of the only person who can't freaking do it. Well, now that Stokes is injured, they as soon as he got hurt, they moved him back to the outside, moved Nixon into the slot. But to me, you got you to gotta match up. Right. Uh, but, Jair but so- on C.D. Lamb, wherever he goes. Wherever he goes, not all the time, but like I said, 75, 80, 85% of the time, mix it up a little bit. But if you can limit C.D. Lamb, I'm not afraid of any of their other receivers. I do agree, although I think Michael Gallup is a guy that you you do need to account for. Yes, um, but I'm not afraid of him. Here's my problem. Kind of the only two guys we can have who can play outside are Jair and Rasul right now mm-hmm. since Stokes is gone. Nixon can't play on the outside. He's he's really terrible on the outside. He's fine in the slot. He's 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 fine if he's, he's okay in the box. Yeah. If, if he's inside, he's fine. Outside, he's a massive liability. So I, yes, Jair needs to be on Lamb. I agree. But we're probably going to get shredded by Michael Gallup because all you got to do is line up Gallup on the opposite side from you know, away from a stool, away from a stool. Do you try, do you try Shamar Jean Charles if he's healthy? 
uh, and match him up with Gallup? I mean, you can. He's he's more of a safety than a corner. He's kind of he's kind of just a can do everything. You know, jack of all trades, master of none. That's that's kind of that's kind of his you know specialty. Is yeah, he can come in and fill in a little bit here and there in all these different spots, and and you know he can be your number three or number four guy at every single position. That's 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 the beauty of Shamar Jean Charles. See, the problem is here we are just trying to figure out a game plan, and nothing is adding up in our favor. It, it is bleak. It, it was rough before all the injuries. You know, a, a lot of um, I was seeing a lot of people on social media trying to um, explain away a lot of the Packers issues this season on injury and, and really bemoaning them being uh, snake bit and all that. And it, it didn't really add up for me because I'm like, Dude, 2021 was the year where we were just plagued by injuries. We're not seeing the same thing at all in 2022. And I I shouldn't really have said that because then the Detroit game happened and we <laughs> lost like half the roster. <laughs> we have uh we have like uh 10 starters on the injury report and then uh Randall Cobb already on IR. Like that's but here, here's the, the I, I, I think, no, there hasn't been as many injuries this year up until the Detroit game as there was a year ago. But who has been injured has been a big problem because losing your two best offensive linemen and not having them at 100% when they do return has been very costly to this team. Aaron Rodgers' thumb injury has not helped this team. And then you come into this season already extremely thin at wide receiver and you lose a whole bunch of guys at wide receiver at different times. So no, the injuries have not been huge in number, but boy, have they been like the worst case scenario. And now we lose our best pass rusher. I mean, the injuries have hit us where we could least afford to get them. And I, I think that's the reason they've had more of an impact. Plus, look, let's face it. The 2022 team is not even close to as good as the 2021 team. I mean. Oh, that, 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 that's literally not even worth spending time talking. Well, but think about this on the offensive line. And I know you're not his biggest fan. We miss Billy Turner. We, he would have been a great guy to have this year. On, we missed Billy Turner because because half the roster has been banged up. So yes, you, 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 yeah, yes. If you're, if you're trying to make that that argument in, in favor of the injury thing, yes, uh, the I think the offensive line and the injuries they suffered there that have forced them to shuffle guys all around. Yes, I, I do agree. But but I, I will say, my big thing that I talked about going through the off season was I wasn't saying, Hey, let's get rid of Billy Turner and just not replace him. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. I know. So I, I, you know, be nice if Sean Ryan could do something. I'm, I'm happy we're getting something out of Zach Tom, but you lose, uh, uh, Billy Turner and Lucas Patrick, and then don't really have anybody to replace him with. I think the Packers were just hoping that, you were going to replace these guys with David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. And, you know, these guys are continuing to miss time. They're continuing to struggle while they're out there. Bakhtiari less so, but he is missing time. It has been a problem along the offensive line. And 
these guys are still not able to put a lot of time on the field side by side with each other with the same five offensive linemen out there building chemistry. I think that has continued to hurt them. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys offensively 67% of the time when they're on offense, they are in 11 personnel. They're going to have three wide receivers out there basically all day. The second highest personnel grouping is 12 personnel and they basically don't do anything else. So, and, and I don't know that this is the week for the Cowboys to really load up and run a lot of 12 personnel because this Packers defense is not really one you need to do that against. You, especially now the fact that they're missing Stokes, I think you're going to be able to pass on them pretty effectively. Uh, Stokes and, and uh, Rashawn. I think that uh, we are... I'm really excited that Kingsley and Agbar is going to have uh, these opportunities to um, develop and, and get all these reps and, and show us what he can do for the future going forward. But without Rashawn, without Stokes, I wouldn't be surprised to start to see the bottom kind of start to fall out on this defense beginning this week. Yeah. And look, if you can't stop the run, Dak Prescott is going to have a lot of time to throw the football if he's coming up third and two, third and three, uh, or if he decides occasionally to throw on first and ten. It, it it just doesn't look good. It just doesn't look good right now. Packers are starting to generate some turnovers now, finally. Yes. Um, and do it with some level of consistency. That is a bright spot for the Packers defense. Uh, we have heavily criticized Joe Barry. Uh, but the defense has been looking better over the last couple of weeks. The, the biggest problem I have had with them is that they can't play four quarters. They give you two quarters, maybe three quarters, sometimes only one quarter in a game. And then they kind of give it up, you know, give up and, and pack it in and, and just, you know, kind of can't wait for the game to get over when the offense is still <laughs> out there playing, uh, maybe not playing well, but still playing. I don't know, man. It, the, uh, the the one thing that we should talk about from the Detroit game, and granted, we were going up against probably the worst defense in the entire NFL, and it's probably not close. But we did move the ball pretty effectively uh, up and down the field. Uh, obviously, the story of the day was all the red zone turnovers, and you could you could try and make the case that it's that that's kind of just a fluky game. But the Packers, you know, and, and, and I'm not I'm not even gonna just pick on Rodgers here. I'm just going to say the entire offense has been playing that kind of sloppy, crappy, uh, undisciplined football all year. And they have had a ton of turnovers in the red zone all year. So, uh, you know, yes, it, it felt fluky that it happened so many times in one game against Detroit, who's not a good defense, but there's no reason to think it's not going to keep happening. Uh, because it's been happening all year and it's it's happening because of sloppiness and um, unpreparedness and poor decision making. Yeah, it's uh, I don't like the play calling in the red zone. I don't like the execution in the red zone. Um, everything just seems forced and. 
you know, they're afraid to run the ball down there. When they do, they don't run it at the right time. And I, I, I don't know. Uh, I expected a lot more from this team than what I've gotten. Let's leave it that way. The Packers could possibly be missing Aaron Jones this week. They will almost surely be missing Romeo Dobbs this week. The offense might get a little bit worse than what we have been seeing so far. We'll see. Um, Vegas has the Cowboys as four and a half point favorites. They have set the total at 43. Here's the big question is, uh, are, can the Packers cover? I, I, th- I think it's the big question. Um, Vegas, in my eyes, continues to overestimate the Packers. Um, and I kind of think that this four and a half point spread is a little bit too generous to the Packers. I'm curious to hear what your score prediction is for this week. Dallas 27, Green Bay 13. I had Dallas 23 and Green Bay 10. So we are uh, certainly close. You said you said 27 to 13? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a point total of 40? Mm-hmm. All right, so we would both be picking the under. Uh, and we're, we're both picking Dallas, Dallas to, cover. to cover. Yeah. Yeah. Now, last week, uh, the Packers were three and a half point favorites over the Lions. You picked them to cover. Uh, I, let's see. Yes, you picked them to cover. I did not pick them to cover. And you said, you said 27 to 23 which is 50 points. The over and under was set at 49. So you got zero points. I got two actually, despite the fact I, I still picked the Packers to win when I shouldn't have. Um, I did get two points. So we are currently sitting at Gill nine, JJ 12 on the season. All right. You're saying 13 to 27. I'm saying uh, 10 to 23. Be kind of cool. If the Packers could squeak out a win here. Um, you know, you know that Aaron Rodgers is going to play harder this week against Dallas uh, than he than he than he does because there, there are a couple teams and Dallas is one of them. Chicago is another where he shows up and he balls out. Uh, mm-hmm. He plays harder against some teams than others. So, and he plays he plays worse against some teams than others. We we know what happens when he goes up against the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> so this will this will be interesting. Um. You know, are, are the Packers going to surprise us? Uh, they they have, depending on what site you look at, whether it's like 538 or if it, you're looking at the New York Times uh, playoff simulator, some sites are giving the Packers a 5% chance of making the playoffs. Um, others are giving them about a 16% chance of making the playoffs. Either way, it's not uh, good odds. And no. when you look at this upcoming three-game stretch they have here against the Cowboys, Titans, and Eagles, man, this seems it seems hard to find a win in there um, with the way they've been playing and now with these injuries. So, man, are we going to look at <laughs> dropping eight in a row that at, at, at that point you are out of the playoffs for sure? <clears throat> and the conversation at that point turns to do you think you can get the number one overall pick if they can't find a way to pick up at least one or maybe two wins in this next three game stretch? Cause you really only can drop 
maybe one game from here on out. I, I would say absolute max mathematically. If you're getting some help from some other teams, I think you could drop two games. In right. the two games season. maximum. That's correct. To get in the playoffs. And, and really, really that dropping two games would require you getting lucky elsewhere. So I think, I think you gotta, you have to go two out of three in these next three games in order to make it in the playoffs. And I think that's very unlikely. Do you think it's more likely the Packers win one of the next three or zero of the next three? I can't say I'm overly confident right now. If you, you know, if you asked me, you know, what I thought that like my house is on the line or something, you know, major, I would have to say that it's, more likely we're losing three than that we're winning any of those games. Yeah. I think the math would tell you that it's more likely they'll win at least one. Uh, But you know, there's the eye test and there's the new injuries, but you know what? We, we got to see, you know, the, the, the team could respond to this Rashawn thing, uh, you know, and, and, and really find some, inspiration and motivation in there and you know maybe you got something to play for maybe you're playing for Rashawn at this point that I've seen other teams get motivated for less compelling uh arguments than that in the past put it that way yeah look let's get one win let's get off the schneid get one win and see where it goes from there because uh, you know maybe that stirs a little hope maybe that inspires this team but they got to get it and I don't know if they're going to get it so easy. I, I think beating the Cowboys probably could be a spark. I was I was a little bit of a wet blanket on the idea that um, losing to the Bills <laughs> could be any kind of a spark, and it wasn't. Right. Uh, but but beating the Cowboys that could be something. You mm-hmm. know, Jair and and Aaron have both made comments about that the Packers need to learn to win again. And, uh, you know, Rasul was asked on, I believe, Thursday, you know, he was asked what's going wrong, what's wrong with the team. And he said, well, we suck because we suck. (laughs) (laughs) Which is true. They, 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 they need to get out of their funk. They need to learn how to win again. Uh, they, they just don't have any confidence in in themselves. That's, that's a big problem. I think, I, I think that the, uh, opening, uh, four games of the season, were not something that would have energized anybody. You get shellacked by the Vikings. Um, you have a not very convincing win against a really horrible Bears team. And then blow a, a really convincing lead over the Buccaneers and kind of just scrape by the, by the skin of your teeth. And then a, an overtime win against a third string Patriots quarterback. Like, it, yeah, at the end of that four-game stretch, how could you have any... Uh, faith and confidence in yourself. Uh, but, you know, but uh, they they won that Patriots game because they believed that they were going to win. They they still knew how to win. They still knew how to um, hang in there and play tough, gritty football to the end. Uh, you know, that's, that's how you eke out a a uh, overtime win like that. Right. And, and they've forgotten how to do that. So uh, I think I think you get one win. It has to start with that, and and maybe you can start stacking some successes and um, and begin to believe in yourself again. 
Well, they got to do something because what they've been doing isn't working. So you got to you got to start with one and see if you can build from there. But right now, they they really need to get going. Yeah, this is the one benefit of losing a bunch of talented players to injury is that it forces you to change because you can't keep doing the same thing you've been doing. Right. And, you know, who knows? Like, is Jonathan Abram a good football player? No, he's not. But we did outline a path forward to maybe improving the defense because he's there. Because if you move Rasul outside and you move Darnell into the slot and both guys get better as a result – and then safety is not, I mean, kind of can't be any worse than it already is, right. kind of no matter what. I mean, I think that that improves the defense. And if the defense plays better, maybe the offense, uh, you know, gets inspired and, and figures some stuff out as well. You know, there's, there's, there are uh, compelling arguments for how you can improve going forward. There are, we, but, you know, I'll be from Missouri. Show me. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, Gil. Uh, I think that is going to do it for us today. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Mike back here in Lambeau. Uh, he's a good guy. Uh, I think we're probably going to get some uh, some touching moments. If nothing else, you know, they'll they'll do something before the game and and, uh, you know, the press conferences will will have some nice moments. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the Mike McCarthy, Matt LaFleur handshake as well. Yes. Uh, after the game is over. No and the Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, hug, handshake, whatever it hug, is. They uh, end up I'm, I'm thinking yeah. it's going to be a hug for sure. Yeah, I think so, too. All right, Gil, uh, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or ask us questions, or you can email us at asknohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Not bad.